0: to this week's Trinity Scoop I am your host Claudia Salvage, and there's a really exciting and fun show coming up today I'll be giving you a quick rundown of some entertainment news from the breakup of Daft Punk to the catastrophic fall of the iconic celebrity couple that is Kim and Kanye West Emma Walton and Neve Bell will be chatting about their TV picks for the week and I know Valentine's Day is over but there are a few cheeky rom in there so stay tuned for that And I will be talking to Connor from the band Wild Youth. So, so excited to get chatting to to him about their new music and about what is coming up for them in the future. So that is all coming up today on The Trendy Scoop. And we are back, 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 back again for our film and TV recommendations for the week. Very desperately needed in these very hard and pressing times. Uh, And we're back with Emma Walton and Eve Bell. Thank you so much for being with me again. Hello, Claudia. How are you doing? Just great. You know, I'm always asking everyone how they are. No one ever asks me how I am. <laughs> it's always it's always UK. Hon, huh? never are you okay, hon? Huh? Oh my God. Well, we're asking now. <laughs> well, I'm just great. Uh, even better now that I am about to get some new film and TV to watch. Uh, so I'm. I can never. It's the usual game. I can never remember who went first last week. So uh, I think I'll just I'll just pick randomly and we'll say uh, Emma can go first this week. Because, Emma, you were teasing me well, today before we started recording.
1: I was, and it is a good thing because I forced Nate to go first last week, so it is my turn to go first. This week, my two recommendations are actually linked. That's right, girls. I have a theme this week. So I'm going to start off with the first one that I was teasing you both about before we started, and that is the wedding planner... Featuring Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. I cannot say his name. I just realized, but I've been going through such a Matthew McConaughey phase ever since Neve recommended How He's Going Ten Days for Valentine's Day, and I wanted to explore more of his rom-coms. So I came across the wedding planner and stole my heart. So basically, Jennifer Lopez is the wedding planner, and she's the most sought-after wedding planner in the tri-state area and she's very good at her job, very dedicated, but she never has time for love until by chance she meets this very handsome doctor, Matthew. Um, His name isn't Matthew, but played by Matthew. Um, And she starts to um, meet him and he's a doctor and everything. And she realizes that he is the groom of the big wedding that she is planning. So he is engaged to be married uh, but obviously they have vibes between them and then so antics ensue. What I was teasing the girl's boy before is that Matthew McConaughey rides a horse in this film and do you know the way we're discussing in How to Guy in 10 Days where he like, jumps onto the motorbike? There's a very similar kind of moment um, with, with the horses so it definitely um, it, it definitely caught my attention. It's a very heartwarming comedy and you know, if I had a time machine, I would go back and slap all the critics because they said that this film was not good and they did not have chemistry. They are wrong. This film is very heartwarming. It's funny. It's charming. And Matthew McConaughey and Jennifer This is the lead. So what more could you possibly ask from it? That is, and it's The Wedding Planner. And it's on Amazon Prime.
2: And
1: just, yeah, it's everything you need.
0: Definitely, I think we all need. Everyone could do a bit more Matthew McConaughey in their lives. The only person who's getting enough Matthew McConaughey is Matthew McConaughey. He gets to be with himself in four seven. All of us need more more contact.
1: I know, like he's so selfish. Like he, he just goes around being Matthew McConaughey, and he doesn't think to us. Like, where was the last time he did rom com? Ghosts of girlfriends past, whatever that was. Like, I'm sorry, get back. Yeah, back to your niche, Matthew. Give the back. people what they want.
0: Back to motorbikes and horses and other unconventional modes of transport.
1: That would, be, that would be great. That would be preferable.
0: Definitely. So that is the wedding planner, which you can watch on Amazon Prime. And Nave, what is your first recommendation for this week?
3: So very sadly, my two recommendations are not linked with each other, but that's a great idea. And maybe I'll keep that in mind for next week. <laughs> but my first recommendation, we all know how big a fan I am of the old Netflix series. And this is a series that I feel like is greatly underrated. I don't hear enough people talking about it. And that is dead to me. The first season came out in 2019. And then there was another season last year. And they are gearing up for a third and final season that is coming out this year. So if you want to get ahead of the curve, I would start watching it now uh, before that third season comes out, so that you you're prepared and ready. Basically, if you haven't heard of this series, uh, it is starring Christina Applegate, and she plays Jen, who is a grieving widow who has just lost her husband in a hit and run. Okay, very dramatic, and she is trying to solve this crime. So she's obviously in a lot of distress, and she starts going to these grief counseling like support meetings, a bit like AA, but like for people who have lost lost family members which all sounds very grim I know but basically she meets another girl Judy at these meetings and they quickly become very fast friends and they kind of become each other's rocks in this kind of situation and they just you know they bond over their loss over life their teachings all of the above um but it turns out that Judy is keeping quite a big secret from Jen so I'll leave it there I'll not give you any more details than that because I feel like that secret is what's going to make you want to watch the tv show but um if you haven't if you haven't heard of it or if you've never watched it I would definitely give the pilot a go and I would challenge you to watch the pilot and not immediately be hooked because that is totally what happened to me if you're a fan of a dark comedy in general this one is really good it's really funny obviously it deals with like loss and grieving and forgiveness and all of those things but there's a lot of humor in there as well and I just love Christina Applegate I feel like my entire wealth of knowledges of like actors and actresses is just people who have been in France. So I couldn't even yeah. tell you the other actress's name, but Christina Applegate, a.k.a. Amy from France, how I know everyone. And it also has James Marsden and he's gorgeous. So a bit of eye candy there for you as well, if that's, if that's another reason that
2: you need to watch it. So that's on Netflix as well. Definitely a bit of everything there Dead to me. But that, that was a great one too, because there's so many, like I feel like Netflix makes so much stuff that like
3: so many things just fly on the radar that's the thing it's like they're always coming out with things there's so many things that I've missed so sometimes you just need to go back and like retroactively check through things you're missing so you don't miss anything too good
0: so Daphne, that's dead to me on Netflix and thanks for recommendation and Emma uh, on the wedding planner we're keeping with the
1: thematic links what is your second recommendation for this week Okay so my second recommendation is about wedding planning but in the real world. And it's called The Big Day and it's on Netflix and it is it follows six engaged couples in, in, in India um, and on the lead-up to their wedding and then The Big Day itself. So it's basically an exploration of the billion dollar multi-billion dollar Indian wedding industry and oh my god sorry it follows their traditions and kind of looks at how because India is known for being very traditional their weddings are like crazy rotations as Neve recommended a while ago I'm referencing all your recommendations Neve, but it's like that wedding on steroids like the Indian weddings are insane and I've always had fascination with them but what this document docuseries does really well is it explores like the move away from tradition because you're getting this new generation in of like There, I said millennials, and um, they don't. They want their wedding to be more modern and more true to themselves, and less less true to tradition, perhaps. So, I really thoroughly enjoyed it, and then you get to see these crazy, insane weddings at the end. So, there's just it's just the most spectacular thing you'll ever see. And now, my new goal in life is to be invited to an Indian wedding. You know, it's like Priyanka and Nick Jonas, their wedding, they always talk about they like three or four weddings. Like it is that level of like spe- spe- spectacle. That's the word. <laughs> and it is just so crazy, like the money that's put into it. Um, but then also there's some interesting things that people do. There was a the wedding where they wanted everything in it to be renewable. Um, but it was still like the most insane thing ever. Like I, it, I the words cannot express but it's a very, it's a very fun watch, but also just mind-blowing. So The Big Day on Netflix. That is so exciting, because I feel like when viewings, like, say yes to the dress, like, that, like, niche of reality TV is so top-tier. Oh, it's so superior to everything, and each episode is, like, differently themed. So the first episode's one where they had that renewable couple, and then there was, like, a couple who were American, but, like, their family was Indian, so they brought, like, she thinks she worked in like hollywood so they brought hollywood to india but in the second episode it's about like type a personality type brides so brides who have to like control everything and when you're thinking of an indian wedding there are many things that you need to control because there's just so much in it so it, it is it is literally it's all of those shows put together on steroids like it is the best wedding show out there so if you like me just want to just want weddings in your life more than watch the big day and there is only three episodes but um just watch them on repeat definitely so that
0: is so that is the big day on Netflix if anyone's lacking a bit of extravagance
1: in their life in the minute, and that is yeah that's an understatement <laughs>
0: extravagance
3: <laughs> is an understatement
0: and what is your final recommendation for this week
3: So, my next recommendation, uh, I know everyone's probably sick of hearing Emma and I talk about rom-coms, but, you know, can't stop, won't um, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, you should expect nothing more at this point, but um, one rom-com for me that was a very close contender that I was going to talk about for the Valentine's week, it was just pipped to the post, but I feel like this is a very underrated one. I don't hear enough people talking about it, and that is What's Your Number, starring Chris Evans and Anna Faris. And it's so good. Look at me. I, I promise you, if you haven't seen this, you need to watch this film. It's available now on Amazon Prime. So if you're not doing anything this afternoon, everybody, I've just created plans for you because you're going to go and watch this film. <laughs> but basically, um, it's about this character, Ali, and she's played by Anna Faris. And basically, it begins with sh- her reading this article from, you know, Cosmo, Vogue. It was probably like an off-brand, you know, because they can't use actual names in films. But it, one of those Uh, So she's reading this girl's magazine, and basically it said that women who have been with more than 20 men in their life will find it more difficult to get a husband, right? And she's obviously just like, okay, this is nonsense, whatever. But she starts to realize, right, she's tallying up all the men she's been with. She's like counting. She's making her friends count all the above. And she realizes that she's been with 20 men. And suddenly she's like, oh, my God, right, I'm never going to find a husband. What am I going to do? This is a disaster, right? So her plan of action is she's going to look back at all of her ex-boyfriends and decide if any of them, like if she gave up on any of them too quickly and if any of them deserve a second chance, just so that she doesn't go above that number 20. Um, So that's the key, the key point in the film. Basically, Chris Evans comes into it. He's her neighbor and he's something of an internet sleuth. Think, um, don't fuck with cats, but, you know, in the rom-com genre, that's like his role. So he basically helps her track down all her ex-boyfriends. Um, the film is basically her going around all of them, trying to see, you know, like how she can get to, uh, how she can keep her number at this lucky number 20, uh, which will essentially help her find a husband. So I just think it's such a good, it's such a funny like plot for a film, like the fact that you're so focused on this whole um, Vogue article. And um, I just think it's so like so funny, so lighthearted. You know, if you just need something a bit like a bit of an easy watch, I would definitely recommend it. And Young Chris Evans, you can't really go wrong. And I just love Anna Faris. I feel like she's like a bit overlooked as a leading rom-com actress because she's, you know, not your Julia Roberts or your Kate Hudson. Um, But I just love her. And I think Chris Pratt really did her dirty, you know.
2: He definitely did with all that weird church stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. She definitely got out early. Yeah, like I've never heard
0: of that before, like with Chris Evans and all I, I've never even heard of that movie. So, definitely sounds like a fun one to
3: watch. Yep, Amazon Prime. I would definitely give it a go.
0: Absolutely. So, thank you so much, Nave and Emma, for all your recommendations for this week. Uh, it's so much fun uh, chatting to you again, as always. And hopefully, I'll get talking to you again next week and I'll we'll have more recommendations. Uh, maybe, Emma, you can continue your thematic links.
1: <laughs> I've really, I've set the bar high now. I'm challenging Neve to think of a theme for next week as well. <laughs> Even I before. will definitely bear that in mind. So exciting.
0: I can't wait to hear what, what, what we have next week then, our, our linked recommendations. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so thank you, Emma Niamh, and and uh, I will chat to you again next week. Thanks, Claudia. Have a good week. Thanks, Claudia.
0: Now, I am so, so, so excited to be chatting to an artist that I have really, really been loving recently and have been loving their new releases. I will be talking to Connor from the band Wild Youth. They're an Irish band. They bring elements of rock, R&B and that classic boy band Harmony to their pop style. The group have reached the top five in Ireland with their first EP, which released in 2019, which is The Last Goodbye. It was founded by David Whelan, Ed Porter, Connor O'Donoghue, and Callum McAdam, who came together in Dublin in 2016. They released their debut single, All or Nothing, in mid-2017, where they opened for Zara Larson and Niall Horn in Ireland. After meeting the script's Danny O'Donoghue, they headed to London to record with members of the script, acting as co-writers and co-producers. Their single, Can't Move On, followed in mid-2018, it also charted in Ireland and reaching number 59 on the top 100. In the meantime, Wild Youth toured Europe in support of "Codaline," Making Me Dance, soon returned the group to the singles chart and their debut EP, The Last Goodbye, reached Ireland's top five in early 2019. Their new song, "Champion Butterflies, which I'm such a fan of, it is out right now. So I will be chatting to Connor from Wild Youth about everything that's coming up.
2: And I'm joined now by Connor from Wild Youth. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on the show today. I'm so excited to get talking to you.
4: Thanks. Yes. thank you for having me. Uh,
2: so I think we'll we'll start away, but where are you in the world right now? Where are you isolating and what is crack?
4: <coughs> I'm in Dublin. Um, yeah. Beautiful Dublin. It's raining today. Um yeah, I'm here. Been here kind of since Christmas. Um I live in London, but I've been here. I've been with my dad and it's been nice. Some nice family time.
2: Yeah, I know family time is good, but I definitely think a lot of us maybe have had a bit too much of it at this point. What? I think if some of us have maybe had too much family time at this point.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Me and my dad are like a married couple now. <laughs>
2: well let's start off we've been chatting about what was like your background in music and how did you start out in the band?
4: Um, I played, I think kind of like anyone does, uh, kind of getting like piano lessons and playing some like guitar and stuff when you're younger. And it was always, um, it was always just something I kind of gravitated towards and all my brothers are into sports, but I was always kind of, into music, and I remember, like, even my brother telling me a story. He said, when he there was like an old guitar or something in the house, and he said, like, when I was a kid, like, I picked it up and I just started strumming. But it was like, he said, like, you could just kind of tell. it was like, I don't know, it kind of came natural to me. My my dad played some music when he was younger, and um, but then I kind of like, I think a lot of people do. You know, it's kind of probably not cool to play music when you're. In school, and everyone's just playing football, and you know, so you kind of go and you just do all that. And then, yeah, I actually was playing uh football, and I had a really bad accident uh on my stomach, like I like ruptured my spleen, which is like totally random. And uh, I was in hospital for like two or three months, and then I kind of couldn't go to school or do anything for like five months, so it's like it was like it was like my own lockdown. Oh, um, so I was kind of stuck at home, and because I've been so I couldn't really see anyone, just in case I got like sick, like if I got a cold or I got a my immune system was so low. So I, I I just went back to playing the piano, and I just started playing it like every single day, and uh, started like writing songs when I was in lockdown and then i remember when i started to get better i used to like ring dave and he would come up and he would sing like some of the songs i'd written and then it kind of just became wild too.
2: oh that's amazing so definitely like good backstory for the biopic
4: yeah yeah
2: and i know you're uh, like you've always sort of had like a natural activity towards music but like is there any if you weren't a musician like what job do you think you'd be doing or has that always sort of been the path? Do you think?
4: Um, I think if I didn't do music, I'd probably like to work in fashion. Maybe I don't know.
2: Yeah, well, you're pretty pretty snazzy outfit on today, especially <laughs> considering we can't leave the
4: house. Yeah, I know. This is casual. <laughs>
2: uh, so for for yourself personally, and also like with you and Van, who would you say are like your major musical influences when you're writing?
4: Um, I think it changes probably all the time. It's like, but I think the core of our influences like stems from like our love for like the Beach Boys and Elton John and Prince and Bowie and um, I don't know, like I've always loved like disco and I've always loved don't get me wrong, I love i've battled more than anything in the world but i've always just loved music that makes me feel good and fun and like you know prince does that amazingly um yeah so all that and like you know disco and early disco um yeah all that kind of world
2: yeah i love you said that like i was a big fan like that what i love about your music but it's so like i was saying this a bit like a bit earlier but any of your stuff is great, BPM for the for the walk in playlist. If anyone needs new additions for that, <laughs>
4: it's
2: sure to get you a vibe. You get that 5k done like that.
4: The workout sound.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, and would you, when you're coming up with new stuff, because I think like, like Champion Butterflies is a new song for anyone that hasn't heard it, but it's very unique, I think, and very different than some of maybe your earlier stuff. Was that new sort of sound? like very curated or directed or did you sort of just naturally happen upon that? Um,
4: no, it was like the first EP and then um, I started writing the second EP but I wanted to like I don't know, I didn't want to make this same record as I made on like the first EP and I felt like that, like that was kind of It was done, you know, it was like it's great and um but I wanted to just I wanted to like I don't know I'm I have a very short attention span. Uh so I always like to kind of move like move forward. I just feel like I'm doing something differently. So I wanted to kind of progress the sound a little bit and uh but I was in London and I'd done like a couple of writing sessions and it just kind of wasn't landing I don't know I was trying lots of different things and but I still wasn't sure like where the sound was going to go or how it was going to progress Um, and then one day I was writing with a guy who I write with all the time and uh, I always love writing with him because we always get like great songs and we always have great fun and I remember we were in the studio and we'd been there for four hours and we still didn't have any and I was like I think I, I just don't think I can write anymore. It's like, I don't like. <laughs> You're go. Right, uh, you. Yeah. it's just like, I just, I don't know. It's just everything I write at the moment was terrible. And then we took a break and I remember we went back in, we we're at the piano and we came up with the chorus for champagne butterflies. And it was like. Probably one of my favorite moments ever in studio. Cause it was like, firstly, the relief to know that I could write again. And then it totally mapped out for me. Like the sound of what our second EP would be. Yeah. Um yeah, so it was amazing. Uh but yeah, supernatural. It wasn't thought out. It was all just kind of like in the moment and when it happened, it happened.
2: Wow, that's great. And then how so like some people obviously are being more creative and you were saying about sort struggling with your creativity, but how have you found like lockdown as someone is working in a creative industry, except you like there's a lot of like toxic productivity and people are like, oh, what are you doing this? Are you doing X, Y, or Z? Like, how have you found being in lockdown and maybe not being able to create in the way that you normally would?
4: I've actually been writing a lot more. Because it's like normally there's like a, it's like a 50-50 split where it's like you do shows and then you go to the studio and you write or whatever. Whereas now it's it's all just like one hundred percent kind of riding. Um I find I've actually in the strangest way I've found the last year probably like my most productive in terms of riding. Um, well we haven't been on tour, so I got I have a girlfriend now,
1: mm-hmm.
4: which I've kind of never been able to have. Um and that's been amazing so that's probably inspired a lot of stuff for writing um and then also i think the constant struggles and kind of battles that you go through every single day um with like these lockdowns and the different emotions that it makes you it's making everyone feel every single kind of emotion so it's like yeah if you are a songwriter it's about just channeling those emotions and trying to put them into songs you know but it's like definitely no days where I wake up and I don't feel anything you know it's like every day I wake up and I I'm happy or I'm sad or I'm lonely or you know so I've actually kind of I just channel those emotions and put them into songs so we have like a new EP coming out um, very soon and I've already kind of written the next EP after that too which is good so
2: that's good plenty of stuff coming up there yeah so, lockdown's obviously like your sentiment has changed a lot of things, but like, the creation process. So, with the release of champagne butterflies, how has that been different? Like I say, he's probably been using social media a lot more. And like, is it weird sort of releasing that song and not being able to like go out and promote it and get playing it live?
4: So weird. So, so weird. I was actually chatting to one of my friends. He's from Northern Ireland, musician JC Stewart. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if you know do you know
2: no No. check him out
4: he's, he's you check him out he's great he's from Magerfeld
2: no yeah that's close enough to me
4: um, we were chatting about it it's like it's such a weird thing because the cycle of like putting out a song is like normally you put out the song and then you go and you'll do like radio promo for like three or four weeks so you'll be traveling around you'll do all the different radio stations you meet everyone in the radio stations and you do like acoustic sessions and you do all these different things and then normally what happens is after those like couple of weeks of radio promo you go and you do like shows <laughs> you do like whatever it is so it's it's kind of like a two month cycle let's say like on a single and then it's like after the two months like then you're hearing it on the radio and stuff It's like it's cool mm. um, whereas now it's like it's like a build up build up build up and then the song comes out and you're like you've all the excitement but it's like one day and then it's like the next day it's like it's just a normal day and your song's out now yeah but you're just kind of like walking around your house you know what I mean it's like you know you're like and then you start overthinking because you're like is this is this doing well because I don't it's very hard to feel like anything's doing well because you're not doing anything, you know? And you can't meet people or see people's reactions or do a show where you hear people sing the song back. So it's like, it's amazing to put music out to hear people's reactions to it and to hear people liking it and hearing it on the radio and everything. But it's like, it's kind of a crazy anti-climax. I know. You can't, do all the fun. You, you can't do all the fun stuff that kind of comes with and um, putting the song in.
2: Yeah, that's definitely the tragedy like with Champion Butterflies because you just know like that song live would just be the best crack ever. Like, you can just imagine the live to the place.
4: We actually have played it live.
2: Because that's what you used to it like before it was released, didn't you? Yeah. So how did that go down? Was it uh,
4: really was well? Expected? Yeah, the song was kind of slightly different. I changed it in the studio a little bit after, but uh, it was, it went down very well. We actually played at McHugh's in Belfast. Was it McHugh's? I think where we played in Belfast. I think it was McHugh's. Yep, I
2: think so.
4: <laughs> um, yeah, but it's great. I love playing shows in Belfast. It's so, like the best crowd.
2: But I will definitely, hopefully, we'll, uh, you'll be up here again soon. Maybe over the summer depending on how things go. What? Maybe over the summer depending on how things go.
4: Yeah, yeah. And we can play a venue that has a dressing room.
2: Oh definitely hit in the big time. Venue with a dressing
4: room. <laughs> yeah, I think you are in the storage room in the
2: Well sure this it's just a, it's all the difference in the label. Just change the mindset. The storage room could be a dressing room if you want it to be bodily enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, as, well as I was going to say, you have supported, you have played, like, the code line, the script, and obviously done loads of content with yourselves. Is there any, like, I, I know we're sort of reminiscent of, like, the pre-COVID world, but is there any, like, moments from shows or any shows in particular that stand out to you and one that you were, like, loved playing there live or loved that moment of that show?
4: Um, yeah. Um, we did it. I always talk about this one, but we did a show, uh, Electric Picnic. Do you know Electric Picnic? Yeah. Um, and basically, it was 2019. And I remember like we'd been booked for a slot. And I remember we, uh, we'd done a we have been doing like loads of shows throughout the whole summer. And Electric Picnic kind of is at the end of the summer it's in September and so we kind of brought like our family and stuff like on our tour bus with us and uh, like some friends and stuff and we all went down and we were playing on the Saturday
2: mm.
4: at like four o'clock maybe on the main stage but I remember when we got down there the weather was like amazing and it was uh, we, were, we were all there but I remember I was chatting to someone someone's someone was like oh she's big slot for you guys and I was like oh yeah I was like why and they were like well you know 4 o'clock on the main stage on Saturday is the real kind of it's the real set time where the promoter puts you on there to see if it's working so like if a crowd shows up if a big crowd turns out at 4 o'clock on the Saturday at the main stage it means that it's really working and if they don't they can kind of tell that it's not working I, I was like well I didn't know that and thank you for telling me that now I feel like I'm actually going to get sick I'm so nervous
2: Oh, my God. And especially, like,
4: when you have all your family and everything there, it's like, you've now, like, my day is ruined. Um, But, yeah, we were getting ready and then we went out and it was, like, honestly, I think, like, about 25,000 people.
2: No way. Like, the
4: whole field was just full.
2: Oh, my
3: God. And it was,
4: like, maybe 25 degrees. It was so sunny. And, uh, Yeah, we played, it was, and it was just so much, it was like, I don't know, it was a real moment for me anyway, it was like, you know, Saturday and so sunny, people were having so much fun, and then you're still, like, you're seeing, like, your dad and the crowd, and, like, he's proud, and then it's like, I don't know, your manager's side of stage, it was just everyone was there, and everything, like, I think it was, like, the best set we've ever played, and then I remember afterwards, and we just, we, we had, like, the next two days off, so we all got to, like, we got to hang out with, like, all our friends for the day, and I remember the 1975 we were playing that night, and we stayed down there and watched them. It was just, like, I don't know, amazing. Yeah, so that... It's very long-winded answer, but... I no, the- that's unreal. Definitely.
2: I think we all want stories of, like, what it's like being out in the world again. So, hopefully... Yeah. Hopefully, you will get to play more shows like that, and hopefully, uh, we will get to be at more shows like that.
4: Yeah, I know. I know.
2: So the new single is "Champion Butterflies," and it, when do you have a date? When is the next EP going to be out? Um, I can't say. <sighs> okay, well, very hush
4: hush. But, but
2: soon, very soon. Very soon, so we can follow. Follow while you on Instagram and on Twitter and everywhere else to stay up to, up to date with you.
4: Yeah,
2: And exactly. is anything else you want to say, anything else to the fans before you go or to anyone, no. any producers?
4: No, thank you very much for having me on and we can't wait to come back up and play some shows.
2: Perfect, thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much, great to chat to you.
2: And we're going to do
0: a quick celebrity news update now because a few things a few interesting things have happened this week in the world of the rich and famous maybe most notably was the divorce was announced for Kim Kardashian and Kanye West so i will give a uh, a quick but extensive timeline of the relationship for anyone that is not up to date with it because Kimye have been one of the most iconic celebrity couples over the time of their marriage so, I think we're, we'll talk a wee bit about their relationship. So, they met in 2003 on the set of the Brandy music video. And uh, Kanye didn't know who he was, or who Kim was, which is very Kanye. Love that for him and for her. But they, that was in 2003. But their relationship really started to pick up steam in about 2008. They met while working together on some sort of project called Alligator Boots which I understand for Kim because she wasn't that famous, but why was Kanye doing this weird pilot? But anyway, uh, Kim said this is where they first really connected. Uh, Avid Kardashian fans will also recognise 2008 as the year that Kim had her iconic but ill-fated marriage to Chris Humphreys, which lasted an amazing 72 days. But she has later admitted that she actually had feelings for Kanye during this marriage. So she said on a uh, Keeping Up With The Kardashians special, right before I got married to Chris Humphreys, Kanye and I were talking and I just went a different direction. I think I had to go through that to figure out what I wanted. After my breakup, I was feeling really low and down. And he said, just come to Paris and see my fashion show. He jokes that he put on this whole fashion show just to get a date with me. Aside, something that Kanye would probably do. And Kim says, so I went there and I stayed with him and that's when we started dating. I swear from the moment I landed, I fell madly in love with him and I thought, oh my God, why didn't I do this sooner? Very romanticals. And then skip ahead to 2012. Kim and Kanye go public with their relationship and Kanye releases songs that do have lyrics that are insinuated to be about Kim. Naturally, everyone assumes that it is Chris Humphrey's shade going on here, but uh, because he wrapped a line that was about... Kanye wraps a line that's about the Brooklyn Nets, which is a team that Jay-Z owned. And before long, Kanye starts showing up and keeping up with the Kardashians to clean out Kim's closet and to revamp her fashion, which was something that a lot of people have been actually critical about the relationship for because Kanye does have a lot of control over what Kim was and what the children the, would the wear, their later children. Uh, so later in 20, 2012, Kanye reveals that Kim is pregnant with her first child while performing on stage in Atlantic City. And then in 2013, the, the landmark for any couple in, in Hollywood, any famous celebrity couple, they attended their very first Met Gala together. Uh, later in June 2013, Kim and Kanye welcome their first daughter, Northwest, into the world. And Kim releases her first baby photo. And Kanye also spends $3 million. That's right, ladies, set the bar high. He's spending $3 million to propose to Kim because he rented out a football stadium and putting, please marry me, all caps, on the Jumbotron. Which, a bit extra, but. If you have, if you've got it flaunted, uh, then in May twenty fourteen, Kim and Candy get married in Italy, and those photos are stunning, gorgeous. If they spent if he spent three million dollars on the proposal, you don't even want to think about how much money was spent on that wedding. Twenty fifteen, Kim gives birth to her second child. In twenty sixteen, uh, cracks are starting to appear. Of course, 2016 is the year of the general election when Kanye first announced that he wanted to run for president in 2020. And the the Twitter rants, which he is quite well known for now, were starting to take a toll on Kim. She said, What causes friction in the marriage, however, is Kanye's compulsive tweeting. And a source said, Kim can't stand it. She's all for self-promotion, but she doesn't approve of the Twitter drama. In 2016, another bad year as Kim is robbed at gunpoint in Paris Kanye Kanye's hospitalised for exhaustion. And yeah, so 2016, quite a bad year for them. In 2017, Kanye gives Kim stocks for Christmas. Which I suppose, if you want to buy for something that has everything, then what, what better than stocks? In 2018, it was the birth of their Third child, Chicago via surrogate and Kim shares the pictures on Twitter with a Snapchat filter which is very Kim Kardashian. And then in August 2018, again we've been seeing some issues in the relationship uh, on and off since 2016-2017. In 2018, rumours that Kim and Kanye are going through a rough patch hits the internet, but of course, Kris Jenner, momager of the century, shuts them down. She said, I just think they're so solid. They're so connected and they love each other very much. They have a family they're very committed to. You're going to have things that pop up. You're going to have hiccups. There's a lot of things in life as human beings that we all deal with, especially if we have a partner, a spouse. I think they're so committed to one another that things like that will probably bring them closer together. So that was Kris's take at the time. In May 2019, they have their fourth child, Sam, who is born via a surrogate. And in then in late 2019, around October, Kanye starts planning his Jesus is King tour and apparently Kim has her concerns about it. So Kim supports a, store, a tour but still has concerns. She doesn't want him to go crazy and do an intense tour with no break. She wants him to focus on his well-being and mental health too. In February 2020, Kanye is getting roasted by Twitter for leaving Kim in an elevator with all their bags, like the doors closed on her on the elevator. Which may sound just like fun Twitter drama, but your relationship's not in a bad road when you're leaving your wife in the elevator with the doors being closed. Then, May 2020, a, British, uh, a source tells British tabloid The Sun that Kimmy are steering clear of each other, and thanks to the ongoing tension in the relationship, Kim and Kanye are arguing and at each other's throats during this pandemic. Kim is getting stir-crazy as she's used to being on the go, and it's also a lot of time alone with the kids for her. And a source also adds that Kim had been, had been staying at opposite ends of the house to be keeping things civil. So, those were, that was the start of the relationship, how things went, the lead-up, and now, after six years of marriage, they have filed for a divorce. So... No doubt there will be a lot more drama to come. A lot more things are going to come out. But all the best of luck to Kim and Kanye in the future. And that is not the only breakup that you might have to deal with this week. Anyone who's a big a fan of pop will be devastated to hear that Daft Punk are, have announced that, that they are breaking up. And they have been together for... Decades musically, Daft Punk, the Parisian duo responsible for some of the most popular dance and pop songs ever, have split. They broke the news with an eight minute video titled Epilogue from their 2006 film Electrama. Asked if Daft Punk were no more, their longtime publicist confirmed the news but did not give a reason for the breakup. Thomas Bangleter and Guy Manuel formed Daft Punk in Paris in 1993, helping to define the French style of house music. Their debut album, Homework, was a dance music landmark featuring classic singles around the world and defunct. Followed up by a release in 2001, Discovery, the duo had taken to making appearances in robot outfits that later became their trademark. Singles One More Time and Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger cemented them as global superstars. Which, like, I know for us, personally, I was only born in 2000, but those songs are just staples on any night out, so it shows the lasting power that their music really had. 20 years into their career, they blew up again with Get Lucky, which was in 2013 and that was on the charts for months. The single sold millions of copies around the world and won two Grammys for the duo. And also picking up countless other awards for that and they headlined Coachella and uh, the, their album earned Daft Punk three more Grammys including album of the year the year of its release they were also credited with co-production and several tracks from Kanye's Jesus. and they would go on to collaborate with The the Weekend in 2016 for Starboy and I Feel It Coming Two really really big chart hits as well their influence on in pop culture goes beyond their music, their identity, their mystique and their ethos inspired so many artists. They were sampled by r greats Janet Jackson and Jasmine Sullivan. They were partying a Family Guy, Powerpuff Girls and celebrated in art galleries all around the world. So go and stream Daft Punk this week and be sad that after, after over 20 years they have finally called it quits. And The other Twitter drama that has been happening this week is about the iconic Jackie Weaver. For anyone that is unfortunate enough to know who Jackie Weaver is, who is sad enough and who has been spending enough time on Stan Twitter, the council officer, 63, became a star after a video of her acting as a clerk in the Hanforth Parish Council meeting went viral earlier this month. Miss Weaver was famously told that she had no authority by Chairman Brian Holver, and she was kicked as she kicked out the other unruly counsellors which everyone was just finding hilarious and saying that Jackie Weaver was their queen. But some people did not share the Jackie Weaver stand. Some people were not feeling, feeling the Jackie Weaver love because a police probe was launched this week after a troll sent a vile message to Jackie Weaver telling her she doesn't deserve to be let out of a burning building. And it has now emerged that uh, Cheshire police have been investigating reports of malicious communication. So uh, go and support Jackie Weaver. You know, she was attacked by uh, the chairman on the parish council and now some on the internet can't just let her have her moment. And that is maybe a bit depressing. We had the breakup of Kimye, the breakup of Daft Punk and uh, Jackie Weaver's issues with internet fame and that is about all of the entertainment news that we have on this week's trendy scoop that is just about time for this week's episode of the trendy scoop thank you so 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 much for listening i really really do appreciate it i've been your host claudia savage and remember that if there's anyone who's got this far in the episode and is listening to the outro uh, to dm me on instagram or twitter or anywhere if there's people that you'd like to see on the show topics that you'd like to cover anything to do with the world of entertainment news i'd love to hear from you thank you so so much to Kuba and Ross who helped me edit the show and of course thank you to so much of all of our amazing guests to Emma Walton and Neva Bell who always do such an amazing job and to Connor from Wild Youth really really appreciate his time and remember to stream all their songs and support them Uh, thank you so much I've been Claudia Savage and this has been The Trendy Scoop